All right, welcome everybody. It's good to see everybody. It's uh, we got Angie and Jamie teaching tonight out of Ephesians Whoa, chapter five. We're actually on five now. Whoa. Amazing. So you can turn your Bibles there or follow along in the PowerPoint. Tonight, after the teaching, we have an amazing murder mystery that Carlel's put together. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's some props involved. There's audience participation at the end. It's going to be a lot of fun. So stay, stick around for that. It should be a great time. It's going to be quite amazing. It's going to be quite amazing. You hear it from the man himself. So check that out after the teaching. Um, let's see, what else is there? Florida's coming? Oh, my God. That's like two weeks? Chase. We got Basic. Oh, Basic was yesterday. That's right. Hell yeah. Oh, you aren't Basic? Very good. All right. I don't think there's any other announcements. Oh, retreat. Let us know. So people that haven't done that yet. So we're going to go by cell groups. So cell group leaders, check your cell groups and make sure who's going and who's not, just so we have a final count. We've got to get that soon. So that's the end of April into May. Yeah. Also, talent show in two weeks. Talent show here in two weeks. Here in two weeks. And this, well, over there. Two weeks. Over there. No, there's another, they're, they're studying over there. Okay. That's a hit me. That's a hit me. All right. Uh, anyways, I think that's it. So, Angie, come on up. Thank you. Hey, I got, before I start, though, I got to tell you guys something. I don't know who was at the prayer meeting, the last prayer meeting we had. I don't know if you remember me talking about this woman, Tanya from Rahab, who, right? So, I just got a text. They were with her today. She accepted Christ. She is saved. Lord, we got another sister in Christ. So praise God. I just had to share that. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. So, okay. So, hi, you guys. All right. Good evening. Um, you know what? Let's start with some prayer. Would someone like to start, start us out here with some prayer? Okay. Thanks. Lord, thank you for uh, getting us all out here tonight. It's so good to get together and study your word and uh, have, have some good fellowship together. So thank you for that, God. I pray uh, for Angie and Jamie here tonight. I pray, God, your spirit to speak through them. And uh, we just invite you into our meeting. We just pray it's really cool when it's on. Yeah, God, thank you for the opportunity to study your word. This has been so edifying for me, Lord, and I... Um, I do thank you that you provide us with your guidance and wisdom in our decision-making, and I pray that we would always um, seek you first when we're making decisions, Lord. Um, I want to pray for this uh, wedding that's going on that they're celebrating next door. Pray for Theo and Jordan, and pray for joy in that marriage, and um, pray for any non-believers who are at the the uh, wedding, that they would hear your word. Thank you, Lord, for Tanya's salvation. Um, I'm so excited about that. I, I do thank you, Lord. Um, I do want to lift up this teaching to you, Lord, and um, I also want to lift up the fun times that Carlel has planned for us after the teaching, and thank you so much, Lord, for your provision of this body. Amen. Okay, so uh, tonight we're continuing in this section of Ephesians uh, regarding the Christian walk. Um, it began with chapter 4, verse 1, where Paul said, We are to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And then we read that such a manner included humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, and then the summary of the appropriate walk was given in chapter 5, uh, verse 2, walk in love as Christ loved us. Last week, uh, we read and heard Paul tell us to walk with wisdom and to make the best use of our time. And in our passage tonight, we've got just one verse, chapter 5, verse 17. Paul says we are to understand what the will of the Lord is. So I'm looking for the right buttons here. That does it. Okay. Would someone read that? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay. So the big question is how to know the will of God. And um, as I was studying for this, I came up with a 
sort of a thesis statement that um, I thought we could benefit from. And it is this. Knowing God's will is a relational process. It's not a to-do checklist. Okay. Um, to be sure, there are actions we can take, and there are signposts that will guide us. And Jamie will be talking about those later. But before that, there is a conceptual framework and some pre prerequisites hard word for me, prerequisites to knowing the will of God. And these are important to know. Now, it helps me to think about this uh, in terms of other relationships that I have. So I'll ask you guys, how do you know um, what your husband or your wife's will is? Or how do you know what they want? Or how about your boss if you're not married or your roommate? How do you know? They tell you. Yeah, so you get feedback from them and instruction, right? Okay. Okay, so there are things we can do to help us know, right? But they all involve relationship at some level. And it's easy to see that the closer that relationship, the more likely we are to get it right. So I'm thinking about, like, for me, like those first, whenever I start a new job, those first six weeks on a job, they're horrible, right? You don't know what's expected of you, right, Jordan? Like... You don't know the people, you don't know the politics, you don't know the job. So even here, it's really all about our relationship with God, not the things we do. And there is a conceptual framework that we can use to view this kind of overall. The first point I want to talk about is that God does have a will. He does lead his people. Um, would someone read this? Where there's no relation, people cast off restraints, but blessed is the one who needs wisdom and instruction. Okay. This verse is about communication from God, and it refers to people who choose to go their own way instead of regarding God's revelation. And they cast off restraint. For our purposes, um, I think it's important because it, it presupposes that there will be revelation. It's, it's, there will be revelation. It's our choice whether we heed that or not. Um, and then there's this from, from the Psalms. Would someone read that? I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. All right, so this passage says, don't be a horse or a mule. Right? Seek understanding of God's will. Don't look to laws and rules um, or bits and bridles, you know, to bring us to this understanding or to bring us to our relationship with God. Um, so a second point is when discerning God's will in light of making decisions in our lives, distinguish between moral and non-moral decisions. Here's a scary statistic. <coughs> No wonder we're exhausted, right? So 35,000 decisions a day. Obviously, there is a hierarchy of values here. Some are significant, more significant than others. Some are totally insignificant. Um, I think the important thing for us to remember here is that God's grace in all of these decisions, God's grace does allow for mistakes, um, even though there may be consequences to those mistakes. Another point is that when we're dealing, we're thinking about spiritually significant decisions, if we're open, God takes the initiative to lead us into what he wants us to do. Some decisions are huge, right? Who to marry, where to live, what church to attend. And we can't just look at these things from a worldly perspective. So we can't just look at how much does the job pay, 
or is that house a good investment? I mean, it's not that those aren't important. Those are important considerations, to be sure. But they are not the only, and they should not be our first consideration in making decisions. Verse 17 isn't about where to live. It's about how to live. So if you guys can bear with me for about three minutes, I'm going to tell you a story, something that I went through several years ago. So I had a decision. Some of you lived with me through this. I had a decision to make about my house. It was not a great house, but it was my house, and I bought it. And I was facing foreclosure on my house. And this is a house that I had poured all of my money into, all of my time, all of my energy, most of my love. And I had this decision to make. Should I fight to keep it? I could have worked with the bank to keep it. Should I fight to keep it? Should I let it go? If I, if I fight to keep it, what's that going to look like? If I let it go, what's going to happen? Am I going to be homeless? And I was getting advice from friends and from family members. I had a lawyer who was working with me, giving me advice and working with a bank. And I was, and all of this, this advice was different. And I was so conflicted and I was so confused. And I was finally so frustrated. And I literally, literally cried out to God, why, what is up with you? Why do you care so much where I live? Why? And God's answer was very clear. And I don't mean that like I heard a voice or anything because that would like really freak me out. But God's answer was still very clear. He spoke to me very clearly and very gently. And he said, I don't care where you live. What I care about is that you care about it so much. Okay. So he was telling me there were heart issues and character issues here. Pride and self-sufficiency issues that he wanted me to work on. So he didn't give me an answer about what to do with the house, but he gave me clarification on what the issue really was. And then the decision was kind of easy to make. Now, do you guys know who that is? Who is it? Zelensky. Zelensky. All right. So this is a guy who's had to make some decisions lately, right? Um, So I was intrigued when I read this headline. Ukraine President Zelensky revealed the perfect way to make any important decision. He says, one simple consideration provides a great foundation for any important decision, no matter how large. His reasoning is simple. Make decisions with the people you care about in mind, and those decisions are likely to be good ones. Now, I don't know exactly what President Zelensky cares about, He identifies family and country, and I don't know what he loves. But I liked this, because if our first love, our most important love, is our love of God, and we base our decisions on that love, how wrong can we go? Still, we know that it might be frustrating at times, because even in significant decisions, God may not clearly say what his will is, or we may not clearly understand what it is he wants us to do. And if that is the case, if God is not making it clear, then make a decision. Do what you want. God will make it clear if it's the right choice. He will. God will provide an answer. That's a trust issue. But we should look for it, ask for it, and be attentive to it. And even when an answer seems clear, we need to be open to change. So that's our structural framework. There are also, as I said, some prerequisites to knowing God's will. Now, I put all of these on one slide because I ran out of time. (laughs) The first one is to, the first, first prerequisite is to establish a personal relationship with God. Would someone read this passage from John? Then they asked him, what must we do to the works What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one one he has sent. Right. So the first, most important prerequisite, to believe in Jesus. If you want a relationship with God, if you want to know what God wants you to do with and in your life, you have to first enter into a relationship with him. If you haven't done that, 
You can tonight, now, just by telling Jesus that you want his forgiveness, that you want his death on the cross to count for you, that you want him in your heart and your life, and you want a relationship with you. And please, if you have questions about that, talk to somebody. God wants a relationship with you. That's his desire. All you have to do is accept his offer. Now, if you have established that personal relationship with God, then you have to be willing to follow his will even before you know what it is. This is not a, a saying like, I'll do it if, or I'll wait to see if your plans you know, fit in with mine. Um, this requires trust. And if we're stuck, I think that we need to examine our hearts and ask, ourse ask ourselves, are we truly willing to follow? Do we trust? Um, then, are you already trying to follow? God doesn't want us to be conflicted or confused. He is not this cosmic trickster in the sky who's saying, hey, if you read all the signs right, maybe you'll get it right. I mean, I know oftentimes when I am feeling conflicted or confused, it's really... Um, for me, it's one of two reasons. Now, it can go something like this. The first, first scenario might be like, hey, God, I know you want me to um, forgive this person in order to make progress in my walk with you. And I know that that is a true thing and a right thing, and that sounds good to me in theory. But if you knew all the particular circumstances here, if you knew how hurt I really was, you wouldn't ask me to do that. So that's a pride issue. I think I know better than God. The second scenario for me looks like this. God, I know you want me to make a decision based on, don't want me to make a decision based on purely selfish motives. And I'd be happy to do what you want. But I'd like to know how it's going to end up. How's this going to turn out? I want to know what it's going to look like exactly before I make that decision. So here, I'm not looking for an understanding of God's will. I want God's omniscience. Um, that is something he's not going to share with me. So that's a trust issue. Now, God doesn't want us just following rules. Remember, don't be a horse or a mule. If we want to understand God's will, we have to first commit ourselves to, to, to God and to having our minds and our hearts transformed. We need, as Carrie said, we need to ask. Now, this is last on the list, but that does not mean it's last in importance. It's just last on the list. Um, could someone read this passage from James? If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Yeah. Ask. This is going to require humility. It's going to require a willingness to submit. It's going to require trust. But God wants us to come to him. And the world can be a harsh place when it's judging our decisions, but Jesus is not. So that is our framework and some prerequisites. Jamie's going to talk to us now about um, some signposts to understanding the will of God. All right, Carla, I want you, me to tell you guys that I'm really excited yeah. to be up here. <laughs> yes, that is for Carlisle, so he's happy. All right, um, I am excited to be up here. Um, we are going to talk about some cool things. We're going to continue on in this very long passage. Um, still hasn't changed. Um, <laughs> cool passage. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand the will of what the will of the Lord is. Which sounds so simple, um, but as Andrew was saying, this is definitely has a lot more aspects to it. We have to have our heart in the right place, which is a lot of what Angie talked about. Um, but I love that this is in contrast of being foolish, which um, Kevin and Joe talked about last week, what it looks like to be a fool versus a wise man. Now, what you guys, how many here have ever been called a fool before? or be called other people a fool. I know I definitely throw around this term in my classroom sometimes when a kid is just like doing something for no reason. I'm like, 
why are you acting a fool? Like, can we just do fractions and not run around the hallways? That's what we're doing currently. Pray for me, it's terrible. But <laughs> um, I've been called a fool before. And actually, a few years ago, I got called a fool by Rich. Um, not even directly. I don't know if he knows that I, he called me a fool. But I had made some really bad choices. Um, it was after a New Year's Eve party uh, where I'd had too much to drink and literally said the words, it's New Year's Eve, there's no rules. <laughs> not a great uh, mindset to have. Um, not a place where I was trying to make any good decisions for my life and for my people. Um, and when later we were talking about what had happened that night, Rich said, I was acting like a fool. And those words have stuck with me for a long time because it was so true. Being a fool is being very self-focused. It was very much of a, I want to do what I want to do. I want to do what feels good. Um, I don't really care what the consequences are tomorrow. But understanding the will of the Lord means setting aside some of our selfish desires at time. It's really having that mindset, like Angie's saying, of humility and trying to seek what is true. And so um, I want to talk tonight about how do we learn and understand God's will. So we're going to talk about some signposts. And like Angie just said, and I put this real big here, this is about a relate. This is a relationship not a checklist. This is not a, I have a question for the Lord. I'm trying to make this big decision. Let me see if God will talk to me in all of these ways. This is, uh, we're going to talk about different ways that the Lord talks to us at different times in our lives or with different people and at different times in history, the way he has talked. So remembering that we are just trying to get to know the Lord and that these are just avenues and ways that he can communicate with us whether it's directly or through other people. So we're going to go, we have a lot of them, so we're going to go through these kind of quickly. The first one is scripture, which we absolutely need to start here. If we have anything that we're trying to figure out, any big decision we're making, we absolutely have to start by going to God's word. What does he say? Because scripture covers most moral decisions. Pretty clear. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder do love people, go out and do things, not a selfish, selfish ambition. This, this scripture covers most moral decisions and most principles for how to live. So this is where we absolutely must start. Um, because God is going to reveal himself in many ways, but, if we don't, but he's already revealed himself in so many ways. I like the example that um, if you're not going to eat what's on your plate, why would you, God give you any more? Um, so I know my, I have this problem with my little sister. When I go and hang out with her, she loves French fries and she will want, she gets really obsessed over how many French fries are still on the tray over there. Even though she still has a plate full and she's like, doesn't want anyone else to go get the extras. It's like, eat what you have, then go get more. And this is how the Lord works with us. He wants to start by having us dive into him and what he has given us through his word. The next sign post is wise counsel, going and seeking multiple perspectives, talking to people, and going with, like Andy said, that open mind, not having already made the decision. Um, it's definitely very easy to go to your friend and be like, hey, I'm really unsure of what I should do here, but I think I'm going to go do this, 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 this. And do you agree? Um, I'm definitely very guilty of this. <laughs> um, I definitely do this with my boss. I literally sat down with her yesterday. I was like, I don't know what to do with this kid in my class. Like, he's just having a hard time. Um, I don't know. Do you think we should suspend him? And she's like, do you want to suspend him? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Thank, thanks for talking me through that. <laughs> but um, could someone read um, these Proverbs verses for me? Where there is no guidance... People fall, but in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Iron sharpens iron, so no man, so one man sharpens another. Yeah. So we want to go and seek out what God is saying, and often He says this through other people, through trusted people. 
Um, they tell us to um, talk to an abundance of counselors, more than one perspective. Um, I know for me, when I'm trying to make a big decision, I have certain people that I really trust. I know that they know the Lord. I know that they know what's going on with me. So talking to my friends like Eleni or Rich who ha or Lindsay or so many people here that are invested in my life and know what's going on versus I'm in a situation and I call my mom and I tell her, here's all these terrible things that are happening. She's going to tell me exactly what I want to hear. She's like, oh, that's so terrible. <laughs> you know, we want to hear... We want to talk with people who are going to tell us the truth. They're going to say, no, you're being a fool. Or, no, this doesn't sound like the right direction. Or build us up. Yes, this is why you should go this direction. This is why you should go and hang out with this person or love this person or buy a house in this neighborhood. Here's some good advice to go with that. And so we want to sharpen one another. We want to surround ourselves with people that can help us make a decision. But we also don't want to just seek another person to make the decision for us. Um, we don't want to have, it's really easy to be like, oh, I can go ask this person their advice, and then I can blame them if this goes terribly wrong. Um, so we want to be able to still take responsibility for our own actions. The third one is spiritual expediency. Um, this is something we see um, throughout, um, especially the New Testament, um, especially with Paul and how his ministry worked. Um, can someone read 1 Corinthians 16 for me? But I will remain in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective service has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Yeah, so spiritual expediency is this thing of trying to figure out what is your goal? What is God's goal for my ministry? Um, I know our leaders get together regularly and talk about what should happen in our home church. We have people that talk about what should we study next. And there's probably not, in our, your leaders' meetings, a big booming voice of, this is who should teach home church next week. This is what our rotation should be like. I don't know, Angie, do you hear that? You're... Just when Rich talks. Just when Rich talks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's about using our using a spiritual mindset, using the mind of Christ to be able to have some spiritual common sense. So here, Paul was, um, he decided to remain in Ephesus because there was a wide open door. He saw this. He saw there are things to do here. And so he was like, I see that God has a goal for me to share the gospel. And I'm going to continue to share that here. Um, can someone read First Thes 3 verses 1 and 2? Therefore, when we could endure it no longer, we thought it best to be left behind in Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith. Yeah, so they thought it was best. They used some spiritual common sense to figure out what was the next best step. Do we go or do we send Timothy? The next one I have is direct divine revelation. So this is where you do hear God's voice, um, that he says something, maybe you can hear it um, out loud, or you have some sort of dream, and it becomes really clear. We see this um, again with Paul. He says, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. They literally heard this voice, multiple people at the same time, heard out loud the Holy Spirit speaking. Um, I don't have any personal examples. I did want to ask if anyone here has ever experienced this or maybe know someone that has. Yeah, do you want to share? Do you want to share? Do you want to share one? Yeah, when I was in It was more of like a felt thing. Mm -hmm. Just like praying and felt like the Holy Spirit's presence. But um, definitely audit, audio, audio Auditorily. Yeah, heard him in India That's say, awesome. trust me. Oh, That's really cool. Gosh, I, 
true and very real and a way that God can really get our attention. Um, like Carrie said, like she was in rebellion and going to, now I have to turn and God sometimes will starkly remind him and give us that clear direction of his will. Uh, the next one I have is correlated leading. So this is when God leads multiple people at the same time to the same conclusions independently. Um, for me, this happened a few years ago where I think I was sitting, I think it was like an FST retreat, um, and we were listening to some people talk about the True North ministry, and uh, I was sitting there like, that sounds really cool, like that's something I want to do, and so for those that don't know, it's this ministry where you um, go into the juvenile detention center in Akron and go and do this little Bible study, and they were specifically looking for some women to come in to talk with the girls, I was sitting there like, that sounds really cool but I don't want to do that by myself. <laughs> like, that sounds terrible. And unbeknownst to me, Aleti was on the other side of the room listening to this and being like, man, that sounds really cool, but I don't want to do that by myself. And so we talked about it after, and it's like, I feel like I should do this. And I was like, wait, me too. <laughs> and we got to like, we ended up doing that together. And that was God really putting it on both of our hearts at the same time of like, oh, we want to, I want to use you here. I want you to go do this. Um, so that opportunity of us both at the same time, God leading us in that same direction. The next one is providential circumstances. This is when um, things start kind of falling together um, or a door is immediately closed for you. Um, this can definitely happen when you're like, if you're trying to figure out what kind of job to get, maybe you apply to like eight different jobs. You go to a bunch of different interviews, you get some options, trying to figure out, and you're like, Lord, what do I do? Which job should I take? And maybe he closes some doors. Um, so this is a great one to kind of figure out, maybe not always the right direction, but it's often a key of what direction God doesn't want you to take. Um, do I do a verse for um, Can someone read Acts 18 for me? But when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul began devoting himself completely to the word, solemnly testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. But when they resisted and blasphemed, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am clean. From now, from now on I will go to the Gentiles. 
Then he left there and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God, whose house was next to the synagogue. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all his household, and many of the Corinthians, when they heard, were believing and being baptized. So here is an example of some providential um, experiences that Paul had, where he had a plan. He was going, he was going to each of the synagogues, and it was very clearly that um, they did not want to hear what he had to say. He said, that, okay, God, you closed this door. Let me literally go next door and knock on this guy's house. And it turns out he is a believer. And because of that, more people came to know the Lord. And so God made his will really clear in through these circumstances that Paul was in. Um, the next one is inner spiritual prompting, which I think some of you guys were also alluding to when you have that direct divine revelation. This is where um, we often more f- kind of start to feel this direction of where the Lord is. Maybe it's not an auditory thing. Um, someone read Acts 20, verses 22 through 23 for me. And now behold, behold beyond, uh, bound by the Spirit, I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies the to me in every city, saying that bonds and afflicts awaits me. Yeah. So this is again Paul, where he feels he was bound by the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was testifying to him. It's something he really clearly felt where the Lord was leading him. Um, even if it was, like he says, through uh, bonds and afflictions, that God's like, the Holy Spirit's saying, yeah, you're going to experience these things, but you should still go do it. Um, and so Paul chose to follow that. Um, this also can just be connected to kind of our giftings and personal desires. Um, we were created in a certain way. God gives each of us a gift, as it says, Uh, 1 Corinthians says that now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. God created you to be a certain way. Maybe he has given you the gift of teaching, or maybe he's gifted you to really like working with kids or with older people or with kids with disabilities. He's given us desires. He's given us giftings. Um, A time I've experienced this um, is with Johnny and Friends which is this ministry of, we got to, when it was first brought up to me by a friend, it was just go to this camp, it's families with kids with disabilities, you can go love them, do you want to do this? And I was very immediately like, yes, I have a desire for that. That's something I want to do, and it's something, it's my career, and now I get to connect it with ministry. And it was like, yeah, obviously, I want to do that. I feel a desire to do that, and the Lord has chose to bless that and use that and get to go back year after year. And so God has given us certain desires to enact his will, to be a part of his plan. And so we shouldn't ignore those. We shouldn't neglect the gifts that God has given us, whether that's for evangelism or teaching or encouragement. These are important gifts to be able to go and share those with one another. And the final one is, that I have is spiritual fruit. Can someone read this verse for me? And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to stand in God's way? Yeah. So Paul saw that God was doing something through these Gentiles. He said, all right, God, I see that you are bearing fruit here, that you're producing something. I don't want to get in the way of that. And so it's investing in a direction that God has already borne fruit in. We want to keep getting on God's page and seeing this is something we're not going to just give up or throw away or get in the way of, but continue to invest in. So, a lot of signs. Not a checklist, but a way that we can get to know him by seeking out what it is that he's trying to show us. What are some of those desires he's put on our hearts? And so... Um, was that correct? Did I miss a slide? Oh, okay. I just moved things in my PowerPoint around. That's confusing. All right. So 
what do we want to do with these signs? Well, first, we want to look for where there's a convergence. I think Carrie touched on it too, and she shared that it wasn't just that she heard a voice or felt a prompting, but then she also heard counsel, and all of them were kind of saying the same thing. We want to look for where God is matching things together, that it's not just something that I'm convicted on, but there's also some other evidence that this is God's will. Um, that's how we can be sure that it's not just like a me making a decision based off of my emotions, um, but something that the Lord really is. We want to look for where these things start to match and come together. Um, and like I like how Angie put it, that it's not like um, God's this cosmic trickster, that he's like, all right, so I'm going to set up all these circumstances. And then you'd pray to God, like, okay, God, if I see three red cars on my way to view this apartment, then it's the one. Like, this is the one I have to move into. This is the right complex. Um, it's being able to get to know him, talk to him about it, wrestle with him. Um, but then we often get to this point where we're afraid to make that next step, that... God, what if I don't make the right decision? What if this is not in your will? Um, I know I definitely get anxious about that. I'm like, what if someone's going to judge me for the decision I made? What if this is not what I should be doing? Um, It's easy to get really caught up in that. Um, Can someone read 1st Core uh, 2.16 for me? Yeah, we are given the mind of Christ. As we get to know Christ, we become more like Christ. This whole, this passage is in the context of Ephesians, where Paul is talking about how to walk with the Lord, how to come alongside him and trust that he's going to help you make these decisions, that we're going to gain this mind of Christ, that we're going to become more like him and be able to make decisions more in line with with his will. Um, and when we're afraid, I feel like this verse is definitely very encouraging. Can someone read uh, verse 28 here for me? We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Yeah. We know that even if this isn't the perfect decision, if it's not exactly what God had in store for us, that he wants to work things together for your good and for the good of his mission. Now, this isn't, uh, okay, so it doesn't matter what I do, like, whatever, I'm still going to do what I want. God will still use it. But it's, uh, what are we doing to work to those who love him, to those who are investing in him, who are walking and called according to his purpose, doing those things that you're trying to be in line with him, and God knows our heart. He knows when we're trying to do our own thing and when we're trying to understand what his will is. And so it's getting on his page. Because it continues on in verse 32 to say, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for all things, how will he also, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? God is trustworthy. He wants to give us all things. He wants us to be successful. He wants us to do good and um, wants to work to get work things together for his good. And so I just want to wrap up with a couple thoughts here. Um, do you believe that God is trustworthy? Have you made that first decision of God, I want to put my trust in you, um, even if I don't know what your will is, what you're going to call me to do? even if you don't have all the answers? Are you sitting here tonight with a lot of questions in your head that you have for God and you're waiting to figure those out before you make that decision? Well, I want to encourage you that it's okay to still have questions. Every person in this room has questions of, Lord, what are you doing in my life? Lord, what is your will? Um, do you, what kind of relationship do you want with me? These are things we all work through on a daily basis. And so God wants us to daily make that decision um, to put trust in him because he is trustworthy. He made the ultimate sacrifice to prove his trust. He died to prove that he is trustworthy. And so we get to decide if we're going to choose to put our trust in that today and every day.
And then I encourage you guys to think about, is there a decision in your life right now you're trying to make? And are you seeking God's will on this? I know for me right now, kind of the big thing is where am I going to live next year? Lacey and I have like decided, like, okay, we're going to find somewhere to live. How do you decide that? Man, is it terrifying. Will someone just make a decision for me and sign the papers for me and go through the whole list of like what? I don't know. I, I, how, Hannah and I were talking. How many places don't have dishwashers? Do I need a dishwasher? Um, yes, I, I really do. It, it's like a non-contingent at this point. Um, but it, it's something we got to wrestle with. Uh, we want to make a good decision. For, for me, it's I want to live somewhere that I'm living in community, that I'm close to people, because this is what God has put on my heart, is being able to be close to the people that I'm doing ministry with. I want to be in a place where we can host people at our house, where I can have my family come and visit me. Um, we, I want to be able to, wherever I'm living, to not just serve myself, but to serve other people, and make it easier to be able to go out and serve people. Um, and so I just encourage you guys, are you guys trying to get on God's page in these decisions or are you trying to get God onto your page? Definitely very guilty of that. <laughs> just like, okay, here's what I want to happen. Like, can we just make all of this fit, God? Um, so just to conclude, um, Psalms 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him and he will do it. God knows what you desire. He knows the deepest desires that you have. And he wants to give them to you. It says here he will give you the desires of our hearts. Um, but we have to commit to him. We have to be willing, like Angie said, to be humble and submit. Um, and really trust in him. And know that he will do it. He will show you his will. And he will continue to use you. So that's what we have tonight. Anyone have any questions or maybe you want to share some ways that God has revealed his will to you? God revealed his will to me by making me sober. This day I stand and I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Because without that, I wouldn't know that everybody here. Yeah. Yeah. Helped you get that job at Home Depot so you could meet, meet Frankie and yeah. all of the kind of those circumstances that came from that. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, it's a chain of events that mm-hmm. actually has made my life much easier. Yeah. I think God has definitely revealed his will through lots of other people for me. Um, I think that's the, like, often I have to go back what scripture says so that I don't just like blame other people mm-hmm. and I'm like oh this is so and so's decision Eleni's decision <laughs> poor Eleni she takes so much of our crap <laughs> um, I think that uh, having that uh, like sometimes you, I've had it where I'm like oh I'm reading this thing in scripture and like oh, I feel like I have to go and do this and I don't really want to. And then very shortly after, someone very separately is like, oh, hey, have you thought about this? And I'm like, unfortunately, yes. And I say, no, <laughs> And then it's like persuading me and then it'll be another person. Yeah. Like over and over. So I know for me, like, there was a situation where um, I had just graduated. <clears throat> well, not really just graduated. I like finding a teaching job is really hard, and so I taught for three years at Kenmore High School in Akron, um, but not as a full time teacher. But I was putting in the full time hours, but they like weren't paying me full time. Terrible, terrible. It was a really awful situation. So I started like just applying everywhere, and one of the places I applied was Lorraine, up in Lorraine. <laughs> And I was like, oh, it's only an hour, it's fine. And then I like went to two interviews and I was like, oh, this is a long drive. Okay, these interviews are going really well. All right, and then I got the job. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, and I told some people about it, I like, told Lena or something like that. And I told some friends and um, I was like, you know, I'm praying about it, I don't know. I just kind of had a, like a, 
I don't know, I'm not really sure, but I have a job. Like, I got a full-time teaching job. And later that night, a woman that I hadn't talked to in years, like, deeply, um, my friend Dar called me and was like, look, I can't sleep. Because it was like 10 o'clock at night. She's like, I can't sleep. I just, I need to tell you, don't take this job. And I was like, uh, okay. And she's just like, I just, this is from the Lord. Like I, I heard that about it and it was just there was something weighing on my heart and I've been praying about it and don't take this job. And I was like, all right. And so I didn't. And it's like, oh, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen, you know? And um, I ended up getting a full-time teaching job at McKinley, which is like, you know, 45 minutes away. But like a lot closer. <laughs> so much closer. So, so much, much better. Um, and it ended up being a lot better. Like I was able to make deeper connections and have real conversations with people and have actual relationships. And um, it turns out Lorraine got taken over by the state that year that I would have gotten a job there, which means I probably would have lost that job. Mm -hmm. um, so it ended up being really, really cool. Because yeah. the Lord's really kind. Yeah. Or he like, I don't know, I always feel like I fight with God like Jacob wrestle with him and wrestle with him and then sometimes he just uses other people in my life to be like mm, what time you thought about it and then I'm like alright fine 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 mm -hmm. yeah let me perfect it for you Lenny yeah I've noticed there's a lot of times in my life where at the time that it's not as abundantly clear to me uh, what exactly the will of God is but in hindsight, it's just abundantly clear that like God had his hand there, so and yeah. he's like these are uh, directions that you should go, and like and this is kind of why like there's been so much through like whether it was things like where to live or work, people, certain people in my life or my relationships like these were these decisions that ultimately had been made is like were not necessarily the ones that. I had planned for that had been my my hopes or my thoughts because like they almost well I say they almost always they've always really turned out for the better in the end and that just kind of puts trust there saying like God has my back to make it work out for His will and not necessarily for your own your own decisions yeah. are not going to necessarily work out the best yeah. Yeah, I always love to be able to look back and be like, why was I so confused when it was so clear now what God was trying to do? Yeah. Yeah, so I was, thinking, I was talking to Colleen Minnick before. Mm -hmm. So Cody and I used to work together on the same floor, and uh, this is before he was coming around here. This is before he was in Bolivar, before he was Christian. And um, I would drive down um, 59 and see him standing at one stop. So one day I just said to him, hey, how about if I, you know, you're, you know why don't I just pick you up and take you to work? And so for, you know, months I was picking Cody up and taking him to work. And then one eve Saturday evening I walked into CT and there was Cody. <laughs> it turned out. Like, so Hannah was um, reaching out to him and, and uh, Katie was and all this was coming together. And now Cody's getting married. Like, I mean, it's just amazing yeah. the way God works. Like, okay, and Cody said, you know, if I hadn't, like he, like he said when he went to his first home church, there were all these people there that he worked with. And then he came to CT and he saw me and he's like, if I hadn't, like, seen all these people who, I, you know, it was just, it was so cool the way, I love to see the way God works. Yeah. Yeah, I always say things about the sovereignty of God. A lot of things in my life are really hard these days. Um, and I look back, you know, and I did this, and I did that, and I did the other thing. And some things I did were probably really good, and some things I thought were really good and just really weren't. You know, and, and uh, um, okay. And so, um, and not only not only the things that I've decided and I've done, but like I live with other people, you know, who have their own will and their own decision making. Yeah. And uh, you know they decide things I wouldn't decide, or maybe and maybe they're good or bad. And it's sometimes it's hard to tell that. Um, but there is a, a 
as, as I wrestle with the things that are in my life, um, I went into the scripture, and I think you were talking about it a little bit. He wants the will of God, um, you know, that we know him, that he wants to reveal himself to us. Yeah. And as I continue to uh, uh, to look in the scripture, you know, I find Psalms like 60, chapter 16, verse 1, or 3, or 2, or whatever it is, about how, um, you know, commit, commit what you're going to do to the Lord, and he'll establish it. Yeah. And so I'm like, God, I don't know how this is going to go, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know I want to follow you in this, and I want to follow you through this, and I don't know how it's going to end, but I know you know how it's going to end, and I know that whether it goes good or bad, you love me at the end, um, and you're committed to my good. And you're committed to the people around me who's good. Um, more committed to my good than I'm committed to my good. Yeah. In fact. Um, and, that, and, 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 and so when I combine that with, with like the sovereignty of God that, that I've seen, it's like he, he is, in fact, working things out for our good. Even though it doesn't look like it to me. Even though it doesn't seem like it to me. Even though there's no sign on the outside. Like when Christ was dying, there was no sign that anything good was going to happen. And yet the sin of the world was forgiven. It's something that looked awful. And so we can't even tell what's right and good. Um, but God is sovereign and good and can work can work in good decisions and in bad decisions to draw us closer to Him um, as we continue to lean into Him. And so I'd say that that's what, you know, I do believe that God is trustworthy. I'll tell you that much. Um, and as, as I struggle with things in my life these days, uh, I'm learning more. You know, and I continue to get into the scripture and try and let, you know, not just read the words, but let the words sink in and, and let them, you know, sit on them for a minute. Um, and I find that God is good and that he's trustworthy. Though I, I don't see it a lot, I, I, there's little evidence. There's less evidence now for me than there was before. There used to be a lot of evidence. Yeah, God's doing this and God's doing that. But today the evidence isn't as much personally in my life. Um, but the, the the broader evidence abounds. And the goodness of God abounds. So that's what I hear that. Yeah. No, I appreciate sharing. Yeah. I was going to add just one more thing. Uh, you know, you had a, I like your list, but I think there is like, Another thing that God does sometimes, He allows adverse things to happen to yeah. you. You know, and it's interesting because it happened to me in my life a few times. And the initial thought is like, well, why would this happen to me? Or you know, is you know, the devil trying to take me out? Right. But the reality yes. is, <laughs> well, maybe, but I think the reality for me at least was God is like, look, you know, you being foolish, basically. Yeah, let me tap you in the shoulder. Don't rattle the cage a little, you know. And, you know, put your mind where it should be, you know. What's important? You know, am I following the Lord? Am I doing the things that he's calling me to doing? Yeah. But it's it's interesting. He, he allows this to happen. And in the retrospective, you're like, okay, it was bad, but it wasn't, like, really bad. You know what I mean? It was enough to get your attention. Right. So, and comes to mind this uh, verse from Hebrews uh, 12, 6 says, For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he punishes every son whom he accepts. So, yeah, just to that. Yeah, I love that you added that. There's definitely a lot more ways <laughs> that God speaks to us. And yes, just those adverse experiences, the trials, um, that's often when we learn the most about God's character and what he has for us when we're questioning like God is what you have planned for me good and when we actually go to him and seek that and seek to find out why it is true that he's good and how he proves that he's good that's where we're able to deepen that relationship deepen that trust we have with him and is often when he then ends up doing the most good with us is through those being able to share in those tribulations with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you guys teaching. It's a fascinating topic, you know, the will of God. Because uh, 
And that he's witnessing through the body of Christ and multiple people having these same convictions. Yeah. I'm also excited you're going to redeem that and go to Johnny and Friends this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'll be exciting. Oh. Yeah, sign up. Do it. We need people. <laughs> Small plug. Yeah, go ahead, Terry. Um, so you were talking about the, the different people saying things. A long time ago, some, somebody thought I was good with kids. I don't understand that. Uh, yeah, still, but uh, but anyway, they encouraged me to to be a big brother, to join the Big Brother program, and so I did. And uh, I hung up with this guy for a long time. Your son does that. Um, hung up with this guy every week for I don't even know how long it was. Um, brought him to home church a couple times. Um, nothing came of it. He moved away. He actually went to uh, Houston. He moved to Houston, and he went to Joel Osteen's church. In Houston, they got saved at Joel Osteen's church in Houston. Stop it. So don't, don't knock the white teeth. Don't knock, don't knock the good soup. Uh, but he got saved at that guy's church. And um, and so he was excited to tell me about that. Um, he's, he's been around to our home church in, in Stowe at times. Not recently, but a few years ago. He lives in South Dakota now. Uh, he's coming into town tomorrow. He invited me to come over and, uh, and meet him. That's awesome. Wow. So it's pretty. It's a cool thing if anybody's thinking about that or is being prompted by that by someone else to, to do that. It was, it was a pretty cool investment. Um, and the guy that kicked in that kid saved. So. Well, can I maybe get a couple people to pray and then we'll 
I think someone's getting murdered or something after this. <laughs> so I'm like that. I'll close this. Father, we just uh, thank you so much for um, your clarity and that you want your will to be revealed. We pray for anyone in here that's wrestling with some big decisions, maybe fighting your will, um, that maybe you have revealed something and we're avoiding it and wanting to reject it. I just pray that your Holy Spirit would really weigh it on us. Pray that you would um, bring it to our minds, speak to us very clearly. Um, speak to us through other people. I thank you for the many wise counselors there are in this room and people who are willing to say the truth even when we don't want to hear it. Um, We're willing to speak into my life um, so clearly and directly. Um, Yeah, we just um, pray that we would continue to wrestle decisions with you um, and put our trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.